once again, you're listening to What's Up Aboard, the podcast. For those of you who may not know, this is a podcast that focuses on love, life, relationships, and everything in between. Everyone has a story to tell. I just want to know, what's yours? With that being said, one of the weekly goals of this podcast is to help people like you learn from our guests and comprehend information from a different lens of perspective. To all the listeners out there, both old and new, salute. Now let's begin this episode. Over to you, Wardy Ward. Thanks again for listening to What's Up Award, the podcast. My name is Wardy Ward, and I'll be your cool captain on this cruise today. So please get in, buckle up, get ready, because it's about to go down. Remember to tap that like, follow, and subscribe button. This helps us to help you help us help everybody. And remember, it's always free 99 to tell someone if you heard something that you liked on this show today. With that being said, we have another in-studio guest back for the first time. This single mom of a beautiful daughter resides in Jackson, Mississippi. She's done something I think more people should do. She wasn't happy where she was in her secular life, so she did something about it. She went back to school and got her teacher's license. I can't wait to hear her story. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Maria Van Turner to What's Up What More, the podcast. How are you doing today, ma'am? I'm doing good. Okay, look at her all full of energy and stuff. Okay, so first of all, I want to say you're uh, right now where you live at in Jackson. That's kind of centered around a very hot topic, something I haven't seen since Flint, Michigan. And I want to talk to you about that. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you about your journey, okay? Um, In your own words, give us your 30-second elevator speech about who you are. Who is Van? Your own words. Well, you say give you a give you my elevator speech about how I got to where I am now? No, just who you are in general. Just who you are as a person. Mm, I'm a 36-year-old single mother. Um, I'm divorced. I've been divorced for five years. Um, I'm a teacher. I love all things education. Love working with children. Um, I finally got my degree in early child education. Um, this is my first year teaching kindergarten. And I have an eight-year-old daughter named Olivia. She's in third grade. And right now, I think I'm living my best life. Um, Life does have its challenges, but right now, I can say I'm living the best life that I can right now. Um, I'm trying to get closer to God and stay there. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be authentically me in in the purest form of myself that I can be. Um, I'm really wanting to build authentic relationships, Mm -hmm. not just romantic, but also, you know, in my daily relationships with my coworkers, with my family and my friends. So I want to travel and, you know, just get to know me, get to know Van better. And that's where I am right now in my life. Okay. Well, I always ask this question. Did you come from a, a dual parent background? Were both parents in the home when you grew up? I did. My mom and my dad, um, they were together up until I was 12 years old. 
And then when I, well, they were together up until I was 10 years old. 10, okay. And then my mom, she left. My mom, my mom was a young mother. So, well, she was a young bride. Okay. She got married when she was uh, 14 years old. Ooh, but 14. it was not a, yes. It wasn't a marriage made out of heaven, so to speak. She was basically forced into marriage by my dad, or so she told me. Mm -hmm. um, she told me that he told her either there would be a marriage or a funeral. Oh. So, and over the years, I, I heard my mother's side of the story saying that, you know, my dad loved her mm -hmm. more than she loved him. You know, she loved him because you know, she was with him her whole life. She became a woman with him. And so when you, you know, of course, are with a man, you have children with him, you do care about him, but she was never in love with him. I see. So you was your mother pregnant with you? Is that what happened when she got married so young? No, she was not pregnant at all. She was 14. She was a child herself. Wow, 14. So... Mm -hmm. Well, how would you describe your childhood then? Was uh, was it kind of like pretty good, uh, challenging? Um, I can't say that it was. I mean, it was challenging because I guess by the time I got to be 10 and my mom left, my mom left and we stayed with our dad. So it was like one day she was there up until I was 10 and then she wasn't there. But my dad was a really good dad, a good provider. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't have a better example of a father being a real man to his kids, going to work, working hard, making sure they have what they need. But all we knew at the time was that my mom wasn't there and my dad didn't allow her to have any contact with us. So are, so, are you and your mother close now? No. I love my mother. I really do. But we have a love-hate relationship. Like, my my mother lost custody of us. Okay. So, let, let me go back a little bit. Okay. My mom left My mom left at 10. She was gone for two years, and my dad took care of us. When I turned 12, my dad had a massive heart attack at 42 years old and was gone. He died? He died at 42 years old of a massive heart attack. Oh, so after that, after that, um, my grandmother took care of us. And of course, my grandmother and mother never got along. Mm -hmm. And, but we, we went to live with my mom for a little bit, but it was very confusing for us, me and my um, younger sister. I have two sisters. But my older sister was old enough at that time to kind of be on her own. I think she had just turned 18. So she was old enough to kind of like be on her own. But for me and my sister, you know, we were still underage. And so my grandmother had been taking care of us. Um, no, my dad was until he passed away. And so my mom just came back in and wanted to take us. But she had a different, a different life then than what we knew. Um, she smoked cigarettes. I didn't even know my mom smoked cigarettes. It really shocked me to see her smoking a cigarette. But um, she told me that she had been smoking cigarettes way before I was even born. I didn't know that. 
Mm-hmm. So it was like I was seeing a different version of my mom that I never knew, really a stranger in my mm-hmm. mind. And so we went to live with her and she had men friends, boyfriends. And of course, I just lost my dad. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know you. You know, I don't want you to speak to me. I don't want you to be around my mom. I don't want you to say, do, say anything to me. But that made my mom upset. She wanted us to be welcoming, but we just weren't ready. So, you know, we kind of made a fuss with my grandmother and my grandmother took my mother to court. Um, And I I was still 12, I hadn't turned 13 yet. Um, But the judge asked us, you know, he called us back in in whatever room, you know, at the the courthouse. And, And, you know, I guess everybody will know since I'm doing this podcast, I'm very vocal, you know, very talkative, you know. I'm the one that would speak up for me and my younger sister. So the judge asked us, he said, well, do you want to go live with your mom or your or your grandmother? Now, mind you, my mother never left. We, we all have heard stories of parents abandoning their children, mm-hmm. not feeding, not clothing them leaving them for days at a time. My mother never did that. She never did that. But we, as children, you can tell a grown-up, I don't want to be with her because she has this man there, that man there, and you can make it sound bad to another adult, you know, that, that has another aim. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She's trying to reach another goal. So, you know, we just told him the truth. We don't want to be, we don't want to be with her. You know, she has these men, blah, 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 blah. So it sounded bad. Mm-hmm. Long story short, they took us from our mother. Okay. And I remember looking out, you know, looking down the hallway that day, and my mother was crying like a baby. Yeah. That really, that really hurt her feelings really bad. But at the time, I didn't think much about it because I'm 12. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. All I know is my dad died. I wanted him to come back. You left. That's all I know that you left. I don't know that you got married at 15 or 14. You know? I don't understand everything behind the scenes. I only know what I, you know, what's right there in front of me. Yeah. So fast forward to, to today. I feel like my mother blames me for that. Wow. That's a because, lot. Right. You know, certain things have happened between us. And, you know, I feel like that resentment that, you know, she feels like it was my fault. But she she will never say that. We've never had a conversation about that. So you could be possibly, you know, Cross the bridge is not even built because she may not feel that way, right? It's a 50 50 on that, or, or just a gut feeling for you? It's a gut feeling for me because my mom, there has been instances where my mom has tried to jump on me and fight me. Okay. Right. And, it, and it, it wasn't because I said something disrespectful to her, it wasn't because I was aggressive toward her. This is true anger that's built up in her. Mm. So what is your relationship like now in present time? 
we always there there is always an argument, always a disagreement. Well, let me ask this. Just take a few minutes on this. I don't want to get all in your business on this, but do you feel <clears throat> that you respect your mother? So you do respect yeah. her? Okay. All right. And do you think your relationship that you have with your mother is affecting you and your daughter in any way? Or are you just trying to do things totally different? Trying to do things totally different. Trying to be, you know, be more... I guess no matter how hard it has been as a single mother. Mm-hmm. Hold on just one second. Yeah. I never, I know, okay, now being grown, I know that my mother just, just she just didn't abandon me. Her reason for leaving, and this is from her own mouth, was that I got married and I was a child. I never really had, you know, a a life, an adulthood, Mm. you know. I was a child and I became a mother. And so I never really lived my own life. And I dealt with it for so many years. I stayed married to your dad for so many years until I just couldn't stay anymore. Now, as a woman, me, 36 years old, being in a bad marriage and getting a divorce, I can totally understand where she's coming from now. Okay. And I, I'm not, I don't hold a grudge. I understand what you had to do. Mm. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Do you think that uh, you took on some of your mom's characteristics in your relationship that led to the demise of that situation? Excuse me. I can't really say because I was was a child when my mom was in that situation so I I never really saw maybe toward the end toward the end before my mom left maybe once or twice I saw saw her and my dad not get along but I and, and, and I've also said this before to my mom when my mom says to me my father forced a 14 year old to get married of course that sounds totally horrible to me. Mm, yeah. And if my dad was here to, you know, to speak for himself, I would have questions for him. Mm. Or, you know what? Me, I guess, because my dad is a man and he's my father, I may not have that same conversation or, you know, ask him in a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I just know how I, how I feel about that, about what he did. You know, if he truly did force her, which I feel like he did, you know, even though he's not here to say, you know, whatever. I just, I, I did tell my mom, I do believe that happened, but I only know the father that took care of me. I don't know the side of my dad that you're telling me about. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt that it's true. But I just don't know that side. Two quick questions here. One, what caused uh, the massive heart attack in your father? What was was the symptoms? I mean, what happened? Okay, as far as symptoms, like I said, I was was 12 years old. Okay. So all I know is that, okay, my dad was 
hopelessly in love with my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, he would have did anything for her. Okay. So when my mom left him, that broke his heart and he couldn't deal with that. Oh, so when well, no, I don't think stress. My dad was alcoholic. Okay. So he drank himself to death, literally. Okay. That's it. I was just asking because I figured it had to be something I know. Like my dad, my dad. Right. He was he was a drinker before he got with my mom, Mm -hmm. and he was a drinker after. But he really just didn't care after she left him. Did she remarry? Did your mother remarry eventually? So she's still no. single? Okay. Well, let, let me ask you to this. this day, my mom has said that if she could go Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. We got a little delay, so go ahead. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, my mom actually says that when my when my dad um, comes back, you know, if she could, if she could marry my dad again, she would, because mm. he was the best man. Like he really took care of his family. Yeah. He was the best provider. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so what happened in your marriage? May I ask that? Why, why did you end up getting a divorce? You seemed like you were aware of what a good man was, and uh, you had kind of seen your mother leave. So. What kind of went wrong in your relationship? I know no marriage is perfect, but what could you say briefly caused your demise in your um, relationship? I would have to say being being completely honest and transparent, patience, because I feel like had I exercised patience, in my marriage and also being more uh, submissive, Ooh. being submissive because even even though I'm, I'm not saying that if my husband wanted me to do something, I, I just simply didn't do it. That's not what I'm saying. Understanding that no matter how unreasonable a husband is, as long as he is not, you know, stopping you from worshiping your God, then you're supposed to go along with what he wants you to do as the leader and head of your family. Yes. So, hmm? Yes, I'm disagreeing with you. Yes. So, I feel like I could still be married today if I understood that concept then. And I'm gonna give you an example. I had just had Olivia. So I was pregnant with her, I had Olivia. And financially we were struggling, like we were dead broke. Mm -hmm. And I know most of the audience, you know, who watch this podcast, you know, understands that everybody has been there when you first get married for the most part. You know, you don't really have much and you're trying to get on your feet and, you know, make a living for your family. So I felt that, you know, I I was working before I got pregnant. 
So after my six weeks, I wanted to go back and work, you know, go back to, you know, teaching, education. And I was a teaching assistant. I didn't make that much money, but I did not mind helping my husband financially, you know, to make ends meet for the family. My ex-husband had the idea that he really wanted me to stay home with our daughter, like, you know, 24-7. He felt like that foundation to have one parent there consistently is the way it was supposed to be. But I couldn't understand that because I'm like, we're broke. We need the money. That, that That's not reasonable. And, and even his family didn't think it was reasonable. But I look back now, being older and wiser, having more scriptural, like, you know, biblical insight, um, it's the man's responsibility to take care of the family. So if he did not want me to work, I should have went along with that and just, and worked along with the way that he wanted things to go for the family. Yeah, that's a very mature response to it. But I think you were also exercising your right that your husband should have, you know, recognized your voice as well because you had reasons to say, hey, we need more money. Sometimes, you know, you got to step up. So I can understand why you did that. But it sounds like, do you kind of wish that you and your husband had worked it out and stayed married? Of course, I think anybody that's uh, married for the most part, Nobody gets married to get a divorce. So yes, I wish, I wish, I wish it could have worked. But also too, I don't, I don't truly believe. Well, I don't know if I should say this. I have said, and I told, you know, my family that I didn't feel like my ex-husband loved me. Now, I may not ever know that. I may not ever know the real answer to that question. But I did not feel like he truly loved me. But I know I truly loved him at the time. And I sincerely, and also too, when you have a child with someone, even more so, you don't want the family to be broken up because you know there's going to be consequences for years to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I think anybody that has children, if you have to go, if you have to part ways with the mother or the father, you can, you know, with God's help, you can make it work. It's that's, doable, that's but true. it's not the original way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So why do you, you think know? he didn't love you? What did you mean by you said you don't think he loved What? He didn't say it? He didn't hug you? Was it mm-hmm. that anti-submissiveness? In the, um, well, I remember saying to my husband that I said why can't you just love me and he said well why don't you try to be lovable but I quickly I quickly found out uh, Ward that for him if you did not do what he said then that was not you know it's kind of like if you go along with, with whatever I say, then I can show you love. I can show you affection. That is not love. I mean, you can have a person, you have women all the time, their husbands or boyfriends beat them to sleep 
and they still love them. Yeah, you're right. Because, yes. So for a person just to tell me, basically, if you don't do what I say, you don't get any love. You don't get any affection from me. So he had, he had conditional love, basically. Right. So that's not truly love. Mm, I see what you're saying. Was he I, like that from the beginning? No. So he just kind of changed after y'all got married when the baby was king. I guess no. It was it was within one year of marriage. Wow. I think I think I think he thought that I knew that I was supposed to know certain things, mm-hmm. even though we never discussed certain things. Like, and I, I don't even know if I should mention this on your podcast, but I'll go ahead. Go for it. Um, and uh, an example. Um, one one morning, I've always struggled. I've always struggled with insomnia, always. Okay. And this particular this particular um, time, um, it was before I started working um, as an assistant. I, I had worked before years before, but when we got married, I wasn't I wasn't working at the time. Okay. And so I guess, of course, I, I you know I was up late. I had you know insomnia, couldn't sleep, and so he was getting ready for work. He always got up early. He, you know, even though he didn't make a lot of money, he took a whole lot of pride in his job, which was good. I liked it about him. Mm-hmm. You know, he always made sure his clothes were ironed, they were starched. And when he when he married me, I started making him sometime for breakfast grits Ooh, or yes. oatmeal. Mm. And he was like, I really like that. And yeah. it keeps me, you know, more full before lunch. So anyway, when I couldn't sleep and then, you know, I would still be asleep. He he had to be at work at seven. So about 530, he would get up. But I think, Ward, he wanted me to get up and cook him breakfast and help him get ready for work. Now, let me say this. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that request. Nothing. Because, you know, it, you know even the Bible talks about the wife that gets up early in the morning, you know, to get her family, you know, ready for the day. Right. So I will say there's nothing wrong with that. But how can you do that if you didn't know that that's what was required? That's what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. You know, he never, he never. But see, this is the thing too. Also, both people have to be reasonable in their expectations of the other because just like I had never been married he had never been married Mm -hmm. so somebody should have said um hey man if you want her to do this have a conversation communicate Mm -hmm. because you know I really loved him I was willing to do anything you know to make him if you love somebody you do what they would like you to do to keep them happy you know, yeah. right? Because it's no problem for me to get up because I don't have to work. I can help you and go back to sleep, and then get up later and fix breakfast. You know, fix dinner or all of that. Do the things I need to do before you come back. You know, and this, like I said, this is the first year of marriage. Yeah. So hold on for one second. One second. So. Um, anyway, he had all, he had almost got done getting ready and he came to the side of the bed where I was sleeping 
And I think he said, I don't know if he said I'm about to go, but he kind of leaned over and he looked at me and he said, you disgust me. Whoa, that's out the blue. And I looked and tears came down my eyes, but I didn't say anything because I couldn't believe what he just said to me. I, I, I disgust you. And I found out later it was because I didn't get up and help him oh. get ready for work. What type of job did he do? What was his work? He was a maintenance worker for a school district. Same, the school district that I work for now, he he worked maintenance. Okay. Was it like custodial or groundskeeping? Um, yeah, both those. Okay. Well, no, groundskeeper, groundskeeper. Okay. But let me say this though, let me say this though, Ward. So once we got married, and even even when I had Olivia, so to, for him to, you know, his job did not pay a whole lot. Not even, he didn't even clear a thousand dollars every month. And what? so, and I, I'm not talking about that. But what I'm saying is, I was not the wife that would complain about our money. I, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't constantly saying, oh, we need more money. Oh, we need more money. Now, I wanted to work to help us get the things that we need. But I wasn't, you know, like, oh, I need, we need money so I can get hair done. Oh, I need money to do this and that and so forth and so on. No. So, um, later on, he, you know, it was his responsibility to provide for the family. He didn't want me to work. So he started a little um, uh, yard business mm-hmm. had, had both our names on it his name was Douglas my name Van it was D Van D Van Yard Service he got it registered with the tax ID and everything okay. let me tell you he he you know very upset about me not getting up and all of that and getting you know ready for work and all of that and honestly after he after he made that statement about I discussed him I never did get up and help him get ready after that. I never started to get up and do that. You do it on purpose at that point? You purposely didn't No. Okay. No, no, I didn't purposely because I had insomnia. I never, and at that point, I was, I mean, I was still like 25 or something like that. I never went to the doctor and said, I have insomnia. I need something for this. Also, too, I dealt with, I had anxiety, really bad anxiety. Wow, so y'all was dealing with a lot in that first year. How did y'all decide y'all was going to get married in the first place? What led up to it? Y'all just saw each other at the Piggly Wiggly, like, ooh, I got to have her, or the way he wearing them them dog markers. It was a friend of mine. I lived with a, with a friend and he came over and he used to fix things for the friend and okay. he used to paint. So he saw me there and we started talking and that's how it was. But we, we only dated for six months. That's a, that's, that's a, a good amount of time to know if you want to be with somebody. I think six months is, I mean, I would do it in six months, you know, because when I mean, you can start a job and they give you three months to say, hey, it's going to work or it's not for probationary period. So six months, you pretty much knew him. Still had some learning to grow, but the foundation was there, right? Well, one, one thing about it, um, Ward, 
he took me when we were dating he took me to visit his, his grandmother and up until that point i had never saw this man say he had never said anything mean to me had never lost his temper i thought he was like a very you know quiet and mild man yeah. that's why i you know i fell for him and went to his grandmother's house and we had a great day the family came his mother didn't tell me this his father nobody his grandmother she looked at me and she said you know he has a temper right <laughs> whoa a temper she said mm-hmm i said really i said i i said i've never she said well i'm just telling you i said yes ma'am but like i said he had never done that not one time never lost it but when i got married to him very much so had a very bad temper would scream and yell and curse mm. and throw things and as 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 i told you i you disgust me mm-hmm. he also said to me one time he said i hate you and i'm going to show you how much i hate you and to this day he he has shown me that he wow. did show me did did he eventually get remarried or is he still single what's up he's with him he's remarried now yes how long has he been remarried he got we got divorced uh 2017 he got remarried 2018 he didn't waste no time yeah men men typically replace faster with women or the offended person you know sitting there hurting and that person moved on did he try to come back or apologize later or does guys sometimes circle back no um when i when I, when that man told me he hate me i believe it Mm. And he has not said anything to me. He will not speak to me. He will not have any conversation with me about our daughter. Not one thing. Uh, well, my Angelo said, if someone shows you who they are, believe them. What is his new wife like? Is she is she kind of like you? Because most dudes have the, a type they follow. She don't look like you. Same color. Not just. She's very she's very dark skinned. She's short. And different people have told me, I don't know why he married her. I don't know what he saw in her. I said, that is not for me to say. Yeah, right. Now, I will say this, though, and it's odd. So remember when, you know, he wanted me to get up and I didn't get up. So going back to him having the uh, the yard business, when I did, I think, no, I think this was before. Yeah, before I had a living he started to cut grass after his main job. Mm. I would I would sit in the car for hours in the hot truck while he cut grass. And then when I did have my baby, some days he would say, do y'all want to go with me? And I said, well, it's hot out there. I said, but do you want us to go? Yeah, I want y'all to go. I went and took my baby and sat in a hot truck while he went to cut grass. Mm, love right there. Yes. But for him to say that I never loved him. Uh, yeah. 
would, would he with his story if he told a story would it be similar to yours or would would he have a different perspective his, his story his 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 words have been um I was money hungry um he would say that I wasn't I, I wasn't his I, I wasn't his teammate I wasn't on his team I was against him so if I wasn't on the same page with him. If I wanted to do anything different, then I'm not on your team and I'm against you. Yeah, that, that sounds like guy logic there, but it sounds like you guys also had a communication problem as well. Was there any infidelity in this situation? No, okay, so there was at the end. I'm not saying it's right, it was still wrong, but uh, you know, while we were married, in the same home, no. Okay. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Tan Phillips. Sure. So I guess you got. I guess it's fair to say that you two will never be friends again. Uh, not right now. I mean, well, I'm gonna say this. I've gotten to the place where, in five years, I can talk about him. I can talk about what happened. Me saying, me telling you that he told me that I discussed him. I can say that now. It doesn't hurt my feelings. It doesn't make me feel a certain type of way. I, when I used to talk about him, I, my chest used to hurt. It used to get tight. Yeah. All of my muscles used to tense up, and I used to, I used to just be so miserable. But now, I'm completely free of it. It doesn't affect me. Mm. Now, him, on the other hand, uh, maybe last year, we tried to talk about Olivia. He he started hollering, oh. screaming, Uh-oh. called me a liar, and hung up in my face. Mm. And I asked him, I said, what did I lie about? And before I knew it, he hung up. See, and, and right now with his new wife, he constantly... see. This, this is one thing that I, I knew about him. So he liked a woman. Like right now, me having makeup on and dressing up and being dressy, mm-hmm. that's the type of woman that he wanted. Oh. But I never I never grew up wearing makeup or knowing how to wear makeup. Mm-hmm. It was something new for me. And then too, as far as getting my hair done, we didn't have any money to get hair done or nails. But that's the type of woman that you want. But you're not making it to where I can look like this. So how am I supposed to be, a, you know, a, a female that is dressed up and you know and you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Like we didn't have money for a me to have a wardrobe. Now, as a single woman, even before I became a teacher this year, I finally had a wardrobe for me to go to my closet. Let me pick out what I want to wear. Mm-hmm. When I was married to him, I had one or two dresses to wear on Sunday. An outfit here, if we were going with some friends, it, you know I'm saying? I didn't have a lot of options. But the woman that he's married to now, I knew her before they got married. Oh, every, really? time, every time I would see her, she was always dressed very nice. Her hair was done. She had a nice outfit. And I, I she always dressed very, very well. So I know that's something that 
drew him to her. Yeah. How did you, you know? did, did that kind of play on your self-esteem thinking about that? Of course. It, 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 yeah, when then it, okay. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it don't yeah. it doesn't yeah. bother Retro, me. Yes. Okay. Well, a little bit it still does, but I mean, it used to really almost break me because I'm like I'm not an ugly woman, you know, and I don't really, I mean, I don't really wear makeup all the time. I, you know, I hardly ever wear it unless, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I remember before I left, because that's how the, the separation started. I left. We were separated for almost two years. And then I, I committed infidelity after being separated for almost two years. Okay. Now, mind you though, during the separation, I begged my husband mm -hmm. for two years to come back home. Even even wanting us to be together intimately, mm -hmm. he, he told me, he said, you wanted to be separated? I'm gonna show you what it means to be separated. Dang. Ooh, hardcore. Man. Yes. So, so what happened to the guy that you you cheated with? You just didn't really like him. He, he just gone. No, no. It was it was just like okay, the way my husband, my ex husband was, he gave me the silent treatment a lot. So if I didn't do what he wanted, I'll turn my back on you and I'll go to sleep. So I think. When I separated from him, any, any man, it could have been any man, any man that showed me attention, any man, the man could have opened the door for me, made a sandwich for me, anything, because my 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 husband never did those things for me. I was never a priority. My feelings didn't matter, no matter what happened. So I really feel like for two and a half years, I sincerely wanted my marriage. And, and I, I begged and fought for two years until finally I just gave up. I was not able to fight anymore. Yeah. Did you tell him what had happened? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, he probably went through the roof, didn't he? He's, he act like it bothered him. He said, I went to work today and I almost hit another car. <laughs> wow. Really? Hmm. So where was he living at during the separation? He had his apartment with his mom? What'd he do? With his mom. Because initially, when I, I remember my sister asked me, she said, Van, how are things going with you and, and him? And I told her, I said, Jordan, I think we're just going to get a divorce. I said, because... The, the way that I was there in my marriage, I started to feel like we were just roommates. And even, even being intimate with him was like being intimate with a man that I did not know. Yeah, so you, you probably I felt didn't, that too. Right. And so it just, I, I, was, I was so stressed out. I, I said, if I don't leave, I'm going to have a heart attack or a stroke. I can't, I can't do this anymore. It was really tearing me apart, spiritually, emotionally, physically, every way. 
So I didn't feel that I was wrong in leaving. I need, And also too, a part of me felt like I said, I really don't think this man loved me. But if I leave and he tries to get me to come back, then maybe, he, you know, it might be something. Mm-hmm. So I, I packed all my little girl's things. I think she was three years, maybe she was two about to turn three. So she was still my little baby. Yeah. I packed up all of, and I waited till he went to work. I packed up all of our things and went to my mom's house. Mm-hmm. Do you know what he did? What'd he do? Packed up everything out of that apartment. He threw everything of mine away that I couldn't take with me and went back to live with his mom. Mm. Wow. So that that to me, you you don't you you didn't love me. You and honestly, he he used to say things like, "I wish something would happen so that this would be over." I can understand that. I can understand that. So, wow. So you've been through a lot. There. Did you ever talk to a therapist about this, or did you just kind of self medicate yourself and never talk to a therapist about it? You have some good friends. You got a support system. Mm, I talk to friends. Yeah, I have. I have a lot of friends that support me. But I just, I just look at, it, I just look back at it now that you know he was young as well, right. and he did not know he was never a big communication. You know, big with communication. Yeah. Like in our marriage, like like y'all see, I'm very talkative. I don't want to have negativity. I want to talk it out. And I want us to be lovey-dovey again. That's Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. But when I would try to talk to him, he refused. He was like, I refuse to talk about that. I I will not talk about that. So a lot of things just didn't get resolved. Yeah. If you don't have communication, a relationship really is affected greatly. And you got to have positive communication, too. I can attest to that. So, yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. I see that. So... And y'all not friends now. And how how does your daughter take this? How does she is she aware of the distance or that that coldness between y'all? Has she mentioned anything? She is very, yeah, she's very much aware. She says, "Mommy, Daddy does not want to talk to you, Mommy. He does not like you, Mommy." So she knows. Yeah. Now, recently, recently, um, in the past month. There has been a little bit of change in them, a small change. Yeah. Because it used to be, even if I text him about my daughter, like I don't text him. I've never texted him to say, I love you, I miss you. None of that. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. I've only texted him about our daughter. For the last two or three years now, he will not respond to any of my messages. For two years during COVID, he did not see our daughter at all in person. Zero. Two years of not, he would either call her or something, just didn't see her, but he called her. Zoom with her. The call, he'll call her every now and again. It wasn't even consistent. He came to the front door several times and brought a gift. Maybe, I ain't gonna say several times, maybe two out of a month maybe or or once every month not once every month it was like spread out it wasn't consistent but he would come to that door and leave a gift but not see his daughter how did you feel about that it didn't it didn't 
it, it didn't bother me. It hurt me for her. Mm. Because I know Olivia very much so wants to have a relationship with him. Very much so. Mm. But like, so just recently, he started to talk a little bit or communicate about Olivia. Yeah. And so the other day, I think Olivia heard it. And she said, oh, mommy, that's good. You and daddy are friends now. Yeah. I didn't say anything. I said, yes, Olivia. And I just went on. Let me ask you this. After going through that traumatic experience with him, do you, two parts, A, would you want to get married again? And B, do you want more kids? Well, I do, I would like to get married again, but it would have to be someone that I really connect with in more, in more ways than one, because I don't, I don't even know, like, I guess. I, I, this time around, I'm more aware or I pay more attention to the red flags. Mm. And his grandmother saying he got a temper that was the red flag that I should have listened to. What would have been different if you would have listened to that? What would you say? You wouldn't have married him or what, what do you think? Well, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. It was it, By the time I went to visit his grandmother, we had been dating for six months. Right. You know? So, so feelings were there then, so. Right. And, you know, all of us have a past, right? And you sit there and you talk about your past, this person, and they like, oh, I can deal with that. Oh, you can deal with that? I can deal with yours? Come on, let's get married. And so when when you find a person that, you know, but the thing about it is, we, me and him never actually had, I, I can't say or remember any good conversations that we had. Because hmm. he, he wasn't a big, like, okay, even him and his dad, right? His dad called all the time. They would talk about, like, like you said, small talk, the weather, this and that. I love you, love you too, click. Nothing, nothing really, you know? Hmm. So, for me and him, I'm very, you know, I want to talk about my feelings. I want to talk about your feelings. And many men don't want to talk about that. You know, they don't really want to. And it's like, I would tell him, I think one day we, we were um, at church and he said something embarrassed me. And I said, you know, when you did X, Y, and Z, that embarrassed me. He said, well, if you didn't do X, Y, and Z, then you would not have been embarrassed. And then mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done it. Z. It was tap. never, right. It, it's never, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to hurt you. Mm-hmm. That's not, I'm not making excuses for him, but I think sometimes as men, that's something we're not really taught to do. To say, I'm sorry, you know. So I, I think, I know in my household, the way my parents would apologize is after they get into a fight, she might come in and say, uh, the stove working okay? Yeah. Then they start talking again. That that was the makeup. 
you know, so I'm talking to you. That's not so right. You know. Stuff like that. So I, I mean, yeah, men, men have a, a tough thing. I, but that's that's unfortunate that I had to go through that because, like I said, men aren't perfect, but you got to try. I know it can be challenging for a man to deal with women because y'all change hairstyles, looks, thoughts. Like you say, hey, we're going to to uh, Walmart to go pick up some cereal. Next thing you know, y'all in Vegas. Like, what? What the heck? How did that happen? It's my, it's a woman can change her mind, you know. So I, I get that. I get that too. But I think, uh, yeah, communication is probably the key. In hindsight, is twenty twenty. So I mean, if I can go back in my past, I'm sure I change a lot of things too. But you know, sometimes the lessons we go through is what we needed to get us at the next spot. So we won't do that again. Like, like I tell myself, if I had to pay five hundred dollars and bought a car. Then I realized I put fifteen thousand in the fix. That cost me that amount of money. That's how much it cost me to learn that lesson. So you don't hope you're gonna keep spending fifteen grand, but at some point, saying, you know what, this happened. I learned from it. I'm gonna move on. So it's not always easy, but yeah, I, I can tell you, you've come to terms with it because man, he seems yeah, like because I mean, and there's nothing, there's nothing that I can do about it. Like I, I was the most authentic and pure woman that I could have been at the time. You know? And I did my I did the best that I could do being a new wife, not really, you know, not really having a good example of what a marriage was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How old were you when you got married again? About twenty six? Twenty five. Yeah. 25. I think thirty is probably the good age to actually do it, but Women do mature right. faster than men, but not having a lot of money and being in that situation. I'm sure the baby wasn't playing, right? Or y'all wanted a kid. No. Okay, so um that's extra. It was it wasn't playing. So that's, yeah. that's extra fee there. So yeah, wow. Well, wow. I, I kind of wish um maybe one day I can talk to a therapist. And I guess I want to I, I would love to get closure to understand why. Why did you act that way? Why did you do that? Why did you treat me that way? Or, you know, or, you know, it's it's been, I don't get it. It's been five years, okay? You've been divorced from me. You don't even have to deal with me anymore. But to not speak to me, not talk to me about my daughter, you act as if I, I'm dead and I don't exist. Why? Well, uh, speaking as a, I am a certified life coach and I will say this, I don't give people advice, but I will say this, give you a male perspective on something you said about closure. If you worked at a previous job and they terminated you for reasons they felt were great, they probably told you, hey, we're going to have to let you go. We put you on a PIP, didn't work out. Sorry, this relationship's going to end. Here's your last two two weeks uh, pay. Have a good life. Now, they don't let you come back up with their, you know, six months later, like, well, why did y'all fire me? They're not going to talk about it. Two years later, I still want to talk about it. They, they don't, men, the examples I say is men don't do closure like that. We feel we said what we said. That's it. I tell you, I love you. I ain't got to tell you every day. I told you, unless I change my mind and say, I no longer love you, I still love you. That's kind of how guys are in that sense sometimes. But it's, it's not maturity, but it is kind of what we do. So he's told you, hey, 
This is how I feel. This is what it is. He showed you. I don't even talk to you. I don't message you. It's not that he's trying to be mean. It's like, this part of my life did not even happen. I'm over here now. So it's a protection for him because I'm thinking he probably had to have a come to meeting Jesus with himself at some point. Like, you know, maybe I did handle that wrong. Maybe I could have done that. And then you're second guessing yourself. And now you with a new person too. He could put himself in a trick bag real quick. So I think he's trying to protect himself. He, he's, he's, it's like cement. He's all mixed up and set in his ways. He don't want to break that up again to start to rehash it. So it's best for him to leave it alone. That's, that's just my perspective on what he possibly could be doing. I mean, I'm not him, but I know guys tend to think along the same linear lines when it comes to relationships. Even, even if you, even if you communicate me about, about my daughter, you're rehashing something. Well, if you keep, you can't if you keep the, the main thing, the main thing, the main thing is he don't want to have an interaction with you. Talk to his daughter, ain't got nothing to do with you. So if I need something, I can talk to her. You know, each year she gets older and older. There's other ways I communicate, but I think he's just got that wall up because for whatever reason, he probably feels that's what he has to do. And I can't justify it, support it, or even agree with it, but I think that's probably what he's doing. Well, what, well, what you said, he feel like he has to do it. For what? Because I, I, don't, I don't want you at all. Well, I mean, in his mind, uh, he probably have a whole different view of this whole relationship than you did. There's always more than one side or perspective to any demise of a relationship. So I'm thinking he's probably thinking, you know, hey, I don't want to deal with it. I mean, I I use a job analogy because there's some jobs that I had never happened. I blocked them completely out. <laughs> Gone. It doesn't mean that I didn't like this people there or something, but it's, you know, you know what? I got to let that go. And I think that's what he's doing. Unfortunately, it would be great if you guys could talk. That thing would be beneficial for both of y'all, but I don't think he can do it. I mean, you got to meet people where they are sometimes, and that, that, that might not be him. But the good thing I can say about you is you came to terms with it. You looked at it from several different angles. You probably realized, yeah, I have some responsibility in this. I accept that, and I was wrong. And that's something that He's shooting himself over the foot. He's not giving himself that peace of mind. That's that's. I hope that doesn't come back and bite him. But it, it doesn't take but a second to just say, "Hey, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I, if I could do things over differently, I, I probably would, would do that differently." And let's just be cordial from yeah, here out. You know what? I'm I'm not even I'm not even wanting him. I'm not looking for an apology. Just being able to be cordial would be enough for me. You know, but think about this: when you get re- when you get remarried again, I don't even think you're gonna worry. You wouldn't even care. You're gonna be so happy with your guy. You're like, hey, I'm glad this happened. Let's move on. You're saying, hey, how y'all doing? That'd be a good feeling, wouldn't it? <laughs> Did not even worry about that. I think even I mean, I may, I more than likely won't get married, but. I feel like I can I can do that even be, me being single because I'm not upset with him. I, I don't have any bad feeling in my heart. I feel like he went through a lot of things. He saw a lot of things in his being a young a young child. So the way he's reacting is because nobody talked in his home. Yeah. Nobody made up. They just went on and you know and um. You know, even dating him when I was dating him, 
I remember he wrote, he was more communicating. He communicated more to me before we got married as opposed to after. Mm. And what I say is, he went, this man went from when we were dating, he called me every single morning mm, to like tell that. me he loved me. Yeah, to tell me he loved me and to ask me how I slept. Mm. Then he would call me again when he got to work. And if he didn't call me at work, I knew something was wrong. So I'm like, how do you go from this to not dealing with me at all? I don't get that. Yeah. Yeah. You know something I think that men do that I wish we wouldn't do? And I have never told anybody this. I'm like, I mean, this is just me and you talking to maybe a few million people listening. But men pursue women and, and we chase them and we, you know, put out all the stops or come to the same spot every day just to catch you walking by. And, you know, and then the woman finds like, okay, I'm going to give him a chance. And then seems like sometime when the woman says, okay, yeah, I, okay, I'm glad I met you. I, I never felt like I feel this way. Then do like, oh, shoot, she want a commitment now. I got to pull away. And then you pull away and start acting funny. Then the girl's like, well, wait a minute. Why did you go through all this stuff of pursuing me, trying to get me? And now you're pulling away. It doesn't make sense. And guys, we don't even realize we're doing it. We just like the chase and not realizing that after the chase, it's more than the real work begins. Now I got I, sh- I showed you I wanted you. Now I got to prove it by my actions as well as my words. And that's something that men don't always do. But you didn't hear that from me. All right. You know what? Um, we, we probably got to we come to the end of the show. We didn't get to talk about you, your teaching experience. That's, that was the main thing I want to talk about. But let me let me just touch upon that real brief and then we'll, we'll wrap it up here. But uh, what made you decide that after being an assistant teacher for so long that you could go back to school as a single mom and balance all that stuff and get that teaching license? How? how? I I just, I mean, I just love teaching. I love working with children. So I didn't really think about the, 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 you know, having to maneuver. Yeah, I didn't think much about that. I just knew that I had already been doing it for several years. And so many people was like, you know, man, you should go ahead and be a teacher. You should go ahead and make the money that teachers make. You're already doing it. Mm-hmm. And I was doing really well. So I felt like, well, let me take on this challenge. And I'm happy that I did. I wish that while I was married, I could have went ahead and done it then. Yeah. But that that's also not something that he wanted me to do. Yeah, Even right. though I wasn't working, that was not something that I was able to do with him. So it all took a back, you know, went on the back burner. So was it challenging to, to get that degree? Did you want to give up a couple times? Did you, was there anything that kind of made you feel yes, like? Yes, every day. <laughs> you want to give because up every day? it was every day because even after you have, even though I had come so far at some point, I still had a long way to go. Mm. It is a lot that is required in that program, in that bachelor's program. It is a lot. 
and I started actually actually I got divorced in March of 2017 and I started college in March of 2017 you you was doing it boy you superwoman you get you a superwoman tattoo well okay uh, I, I got a, I got an answer to this okay the, uh, my final question about the schooling is do schools talk to teachers about not being attracted to the kids? Because I've read many of the stories where teachers are dating students and so forth. Do they tell y'all not to be attracted to them kids? Do they have like a meeting with y'all on day one or something? How does that happen? No. Well, no. Okay. Teachers have what you call an ethical code of conduct. Mm. And in, in my program, you go through what the ethical, um, you know, what are the ethics of teachers? Mm-hmm. And in that particular class, it talks about, you know, you as an educator, you have to think about your own values, what your beliefs are. And I also recognize that the ethical code of conduct for a teacher, it may be different from what your own moral values are and mm-hmm. all of that but you need to conform to the, the life you know the ethical values of an educator Absolutely. and so you have you have to really be clear that you're willing to come in line with that so like say for instance if you had a student especially in high school and like say for instance if you were a coach Yes. And you had a 17-year-old girl come and say, Coach Ward, you know, me and my boyfriend, we've been together for two years. And you're like, oh, Van, yeah, I know you and Johnny, you know, y'all been lovebirds for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Coach Ward, but now I'm pregnant. Wow, oh. you're pregnant? Yes, sir, I'm pregnant. But I'm just going to get a, um, a abortion, Mr. Ward. Don't you think that's the best thing for me to do? Now, you may feel... Uh, your moral values, you know, and your beliefs, your biblical beliefs, whatever, you may feel, no, that's wrong. But your ethical code of conduct, you are not supposed to even give this young girl your opinion. You have to tell her, I don't have any any views on that. You need to talk with your parents. Mm -hmm. That is not something for me to... So that's, I think that's what I've received. So your ethical code of conduct, your ethics all come into, basically, you have an understanding you don't cross that line with students. Right, yeah. It seems seems reasonable. Right. Now, maybe where that has happened at a certain school or district, they may have went ahead and implemented, you know, talking about it, having a whole professional development on it Mm -hmm. but as of yet in my 14 years of being in education I have not actually been to a professional development but those those ethics kind of it goes up under that umbrella Mm -hmm. yeah well I think they probably should but if the girl came to me and said she was pregnant I would have to say it's illegal so be careful out there Um, final topic I want to run over with you is um, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I have to say, you can't. You can't do that. You can't say it's illegal. You, no, you can't give her any type of what you feel 
or what you know to be true, any of that, you have to say, you know what? You can say, oh, you know what? Um, let You know what? I think you should talk to your mom about it or your dad. I can't give you any advice about that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because if you do, she could go back and say, well, Coach Ward said it's illegal. Mm-hmm. And right. then there'll be something. Right, right. I see what you're saying. All right, my final point I want to cover with you is um, as rainfall of historic proportions has flooded Mississippi's Pearl River, I heard a key pump down there at the O.B. Curtis Water Treatment Plant, which provides the capital city with the drinking water, was unable to keep up, causing a severe drop in the pressure. And apparently some 150,000 residents were left without safe drinking water. Did that affect you in your school? And if so, what's the status yes. today? <clears throat> well, yes. It did affect me here in my um, neighborhood, and it did affect my um, school and mm. my school district. But as of today, the water pressure has um, came back up. Okay. I think they said the water pressure is up to PS9, I think. Mm-hmm. It was really low, but it's back up. And... Um, we were able to return back to school on Tuesday after the Labor Day holiday. So the water is safe to drink and everything now? Oh, no, no, no. What do you, so y'all on bottle water? Can y'all shower yeah. safely now? Um, I'm not sure if we're shower showering safely, but you can take a shower. <laughs> like The water is not brown. But I refrain from putting the water on my face or brushing my teeth with it. Mm, using bottled water for all that? I use bottled water to wash my face wow. and brush my teeth. That can get expensive. But, yes, it can. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'm sure Flint Michigan, they have it worse, so I won't complain. Yeah, I had saw a picture. I don't know if it's true, the lady cut on her faucet in Jackson, and it was like coffee was coming out at one time. It was dark brown water. Was that real? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man! Well, I, I'd move. Yeah. I I feel like it's true because so first here at my at my apartment there was no like the water was coming out just a trickle of water, so it wasn't enough to take a bath, wash your hands, do anything, wash clothes. The only thing that I could do was flush the toilet. That's good. I was thankful for because if I couldn't, I would have to, me and my daughter would have to go to a hotel mm-hmm. or my mom's. But once the water came back on, the very first time that I turned on the shower, brown water came out. Mm-mm-mm. That's not good. No. Yeah. So I started thinking about the monkeypox situation and if the water is dirt. Well, anyway, um, that was true. Okay. The water is brown. So yeah, even before this happened, I never drink the water out of the faucet in Jackson. I never will. I do not want it. I don't blame you. Have you ever thought about moving or Jackson home now? No, I'm definitely going to move. Okay. But I'm just I'm just unsure where. I, I, I really need it this year to kind of get my foot in the door mm-hmm. and to say I have at least one year of teaching, yep. possibly two, and then I'm looking for another place to call home. And what what uh, grades are you teaching again? K through six? Um, K through third. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Thank that's, you, sir. That's your endorsement. Um, I'm currently though in my master's program. Oh, look at you. So, mm-hmm. mm. I'm on a I'm on a leave of absence right now because when I first started this, you know, the school year, it was hectic. Yeah. So I took a leave of absence, but I start back on September 27th. Okay. So hopefully, you know, hopefully I can get my own groove and things can kind of die down. And, you know, I can make room to finish up my master's. How long does that master's program take? A year and six months. That's kind of lengthy, but afterwards you'll be able to teach uh, on at the college level as well, too. So that's very good there. All right, let me um, move on to my final section of the show. I'm way over time, but you know what? We're going to make it do what it do. I'm just going to ask you a few of these rapid fire questions. You're giving us so much information. Let me just pick your mind on these few things. When Van is riding down the street in her 6'4", what type of music do you listen to? 90s R&B. That's that's the best year of music? (laughs) Okay. And, yes, uh, I don't. I don't know anything about what's going on on twenty 2020, twenty in twenty twenty two in music. It's changed a lot. I'll say that. What is your favorite social media go to site? Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any tattoos? Nope. Who is your celebrity crush? Hmm. Who is your favorite celebrity crush? Who's who's somebody you think looks good in Hollywood? Some some celebrity guy. Who would it be? Flavor mm-hmm. Flav. Uh, no. It's CM. um. Have you have you ever watched? Mm-hmm. You ever watched Grey's Anatomy? Yes. Danny Duquette. He so, died. Say his name again. Having a heart. What's his name? Danny Duquette. Danny. On the show, his name is Danny Duquette. He he needed a heart, and Izzy Stevens cut his um, um LVAT cord or something mm-hmm. to try to save him. And get, anyway, he kind of looks like George Clooney, but he looks better than George Clooney. Okay, never heard of this guy. Next question. Google Google it. <laughs> okay, what would you do over in your life if you had the opportunity to go back and? change one thing what would you change just one thing get to know get to know God earlier in my life yeah make him a constant in my life earlier than later in life I like that one okay if you could have a conversation with one person living or dead who would that be my dad Ooh, good one. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, Martin Luther King or Malcolm X? Neither. Okay. Do you think women are smarter than men? Just me and you. Just me and you here. More mature. More mature. Last question. What's one thing you wish you understood about men? you wish you knew about men we're going to tell you anything you want to know about us I know it's tough why they why they don't why they they, why they are not able to feel why are they afraid (laughs) what 
afraid to be vulnerable mm. when it comes to their feelings. Ooh, okay. Definitely have to add that to my list of questions to ask my male guests. Well, okay. Uh, well, Ms. Turner, I want to thank you for sharing your knowledge with us today. I asked this before I close. Is there anything you want to clarify or expound upon deeper before we end the show? Anything you think that wasn't clear enough? Well, you you got it all. It's all good. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, tell our listeners where they can find you on social media if they want to see your pictures, get in touch with you about uh, your teaching style, or even offer you a job or try to lure you out of the great state of Mississippi. Where can they find you at? Unless you don't want to share your social media. My Instagram is... What is my Instagram? Brown Skin Girl 22. Brown Skin Girl 22. All right. All right, Miss uh, Turner, let me go ahead and say my final thoughts. One of our um, quotes of the show is, everybody has a story to tell, and we just want to know what's yours. Miss Turner has just shared hers with us, and we really thank you for your candor and opening up and telling us this, because I'm pretty sure many people out there have been through similar things, and, and sometimes you just have to talk about it and be vulnerable and open so, so others can learn from our mistakes as well. So we definitely appreciate you sharing that with us. Sometimes you have to stop following others and realize you are a born leader and do better by doing better. And the best thing a father can do for his kid is be good to his mother. Again, we'd like to thank Ms. Turner for joining us today on What's Up with Ward, the podcast. My name is Warrior Ward. Remember to hit that like, subscribe, and follow button and stay up on the latest episodes of What's Up with Ward. Y'all keep doing you. I'm going to keep doing me until we all win. Peace.